Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. The voice you're after is back. Danielle did a great job, FYI, but I am back on the job. I wasn't planning to be. This was planned to be a quiz. Danielle couldn't do it. Sakib wasn't feeling well. The book came back to the to me and I decided I'd uh, hop right back in. So it's episode 50. We've done 50 episodes, which is pretty mental, man. Like when you really deep how, how long that takes, it's a mazza. And I was just saying... I haven't done this in six weeks, and I, f- I feel like I've never presented before. You ever, like, go to play football, and it's been about four or five weeks since you played, you're like, I need to get that first pass in. First pass goes wrong, you're like, I'm getting rushed, just came over. Thanks. Uh, we're in that situation. Uh, how is everyone? It's been a minute. Leas, you've been getting some heat on Twitter. We just spoke about it. How you doing? I'm good, bro. Same old, same old. There's nothing new over here. I'm good. you got a tree in the back, though. I respect it so much. Uh, it's the first time you see this new setup, actually. I'm not in my, my dusty-ass bedroom. It looks clear. Hopefully, the, the technology doesn't fail me this time, but yeah. We move oh, they, yeah, the curse has definitely finally gone, isn't it? Like, first 10 episodes, every time you jumped on it, it would just die without fail. We're here. How much was the tree, just out of interest? Uh, this shit was like 50 pounds. Yeah, now we know you're going up. The Leas that I met on day one would not spend 50 quid on a tree. <laughs> It's a fake one, right? So if I spend 50 quid and I never have to water it, I never have to do anything, it's cool. Nice. Uh, Bavs, I think you've been on, you came on a pod once before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, second time, bro. Debut was there. I enjoyed that. Had to come back again, got a call up and yeah, man, looking forward to the, the game on Wednesday. Hey, we, I'm going to that game, by the way. Are you guys going? Any of you going? I'm Not still yet. right now. Not yet. Everyone's going, Not yet. I've got, a, I've got an offer for the city home and I'm not sitting there though. No, you can't sit in the home end. Not no, for no this chance. game. Babs, I might have to hit you up about that because if that's available, <laughs> I might have to cop that. Say not. Are you spoiling the city? Huh? Are you back in the city treble then? Are you mad? Have you not seen my Twitter all year, bro? I'm supporting <laughs> you guys. This is why I annoy you so much when Arsenal fans get on to me. I'm on your team, bro. <laughs> I want you guys to win this shit. Good. Glad to hear it. We've got three Arsenal fans in the building then. Hey, four as well. Oh, sir, no. Oh, sir. <laughs> hey, well, I am just going to very quickly say, um, Arsenal Southampton, when Thomas Partey had that shot from 95, on a 95th minute, I was so angry at this guy. We're not, can, we not, can we not talk about that? Just yeah. that. Because that, I was so, we would, Arsenal Twitter went into space. It was crazy. Yeah. People were, people were saying stuff. I don't know. Yeah. People could have got in trouble for what they said. So yeah, I tried to, I tried to keep stum on that. Yeah, uh, that proper vexed me, man. The whole ground was going, don't shoot. And I was like... I was I was there. No, they were saying shoot. They said shoot. I heard really? They heard, I heard shoot. And it was on the North Bank. I'm not trying to like name names in it. Did <laughs> <laughs> you know Ashburton Army? No, no. Was, they're far away, bro. They're fucking like, yeah, dan- dancing and jumping and stuff, bro. They're like, oh, drumming oh. away at their back. Parte thought he was Roger for a second. DM scoring big title winning goals. Oh. He thought it was Vincent Company. He saw, he saw his name in the lights and <laughs> saw the commentary. Not that, not that, nah, that, that was so annoying. That whole game was annoying. I can't lie. Hey, this is so funny, yeah, because like I'm obviously a Liverpool fan. But I'm, this season, I'm an Arsenal fan. I want Arsenal to win the league. So when Southampton scored that third goal, I was like, why are you, why are you scoring? Like, it just makes no sense. And Lianco celebrating like... He's, what do you mean? They, why are they scoring? Yeah, I don't know, man. But you know, it's it's actually good of you that you're supporting Arsenal this year because so many Liverpool fans are not. A lot of Liverpool fans want City to win the why? league. It's actually, Liverpool fans they don't want Arsenal to match Liverpool's achievement in the why? league. Liverpool fans should be desperate for Arsenal to win the league because, bro, imagine the great Jurgen Klopp in this great all-time Liverpool team has the same amount of leagues as what forty-year-old Mikel Arteta. 
William Saliba has the same amount of league titles as, as Virgil van Dijk. Gabriel Martinelli has as many league titles as Mo Salah. Your accomplishments are looking shaky in the light if Arsenal wins this league. Yeah, maybe maybe it's uh, Manchester <laughs> City. I don't, I don't even know a song for Man City. I've been rooting hard for Arsenal all season, but people are calling me like a closet Arsenal fan at this point. Yeah, but you've always had like a bit of an affinity. You, I think you said like way back when, when you used to watch Arsenal with your dad, like you actually liked Arsenal, innit? No, 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 don't do that. No, you said that. I swear you said that on the FTBL. Fabregas was my favorite player growing up, but it's never been an Arsenal thing for me. The reason I want Arsenal to win the league is I don't want City to win a trouble, bro. And I think it's actually bang on to to happen at this point. I don't want City to to get near any of United's accomplishments, which I think a lot of United fans, they don't seem to grasp that. They care more about Twitter rivalry. But, bro, if Arsenal wins one league title, for me, that, that doesn't hit as hard as City equaling our greatest ever achievements. When you play exactly, it like that, exactly. I'm definitely supporting the wrong team. Come on, City! <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you watching, uh, make sure you drop a subscribe, like on YouTube, check the guys out as well. If you're uh, listening on Spotify or any other podcast website that you like to use or app, uh, make sure you put a five star or whatever it is. Uh, let's get into this. This is basically, we haven't actually done this yet, but we've been thinking about doing it for a while. Uh, but it's the end of season predictions in brackets hot takes we've asked a few people on social media to give us some hot takes uh and we want you guys to let us know what you think the first one is actually very interesting because i saw was it was it no it was a wayne rooney quote about harland saying that harland's the best footballer in the world right now and he should win the ballon d'or um i don't think he is the best footballer in the world depending on how you wait well, let's let's start there actually this isn't one of the hot takes but is Haaland the best footballer in the world this last year? No, no. Haaland no. can never be the best footballer in the world. Bro. I got mad heat for saying that because people say, oh, footballer, quite literally, it's his job and he's doing his job better than anyone else. But the art of being a footballer, Erling Haaland will never in his life stack up to Lionel Messi, for example. He'll never in his life stack up to Neymar, for example. I don't even think Kylian Mbappe. Now, is he the best at his role? Is he the best in, in the world? Is he one of the best I've ever seen at putting the ball in the back of the net? Absolutely. But... The definition of a footballer, or at least my definition, he doesn't stack up as the best in the world. I totally agree. I think he's a robot. I don't can't, don't take him seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I can take him seriously. He's the shit on me, Babs. I do not take him seriously, seriously. Especially on Wednesday. Yeah, he, he is not real. He, he just is not real. Like, in terms of, yeah, goal scoring, his numbers, it's like career mode. Like, I'm not even like his career mode, bro. Like, I used to play career mode as a kid. I'm like, yeah, one day I'll score 40 goals and I see Haaland doing it now in real life. Yeah, he's career mode, bro. Great goal scorer, but yeah, I said it. He ain't Mbappe. He ain't uh, entertainer like a footballer. Like, the, the footballers I like. I can't back Messi my whole life and then go, yeah, Haaland's the best now. Yeah. Exactly. No, do you know what is sad though is that a little bit off topic, but a player like Rodri, I'm not suggesting by any means he's the best footballer in the world, but a player like Rodri will never get put in that category. And I don't think there's anything that he could do himself. This is Busquets has had the same thing his whole career, where there's nothing he can do individually to be put in those debates. But in terms of the, the difference they make to the team, it's it's up there with pretty much any player, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, the, the only DM that's ever got his praise is Kante. Yeah. Got, he got, I would say too, Makaleri, like Yeah, you know, but he got a PFA Player of the Year. Like he was recognised as the best player in the league that year. That's true. True, true. Yeah. Also, I think I, the God. achievement for Kante was at Leicester, innit? So, like, you know, like, something stands well, out I think so he won the year after. He won it at Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah, really? he won at Chelsea. Yeah. To be fair, I think, what, Roy Keane won PFA Player of the Year too, right? I mean, if you want to consider him a box-to-box or a sick. But I would say, yeah. I, yeah, I would say they're both more box-to-box where they're all-action midfielders yeah. as opposed to a steady... You're Michael Carrick of this world, yeah. All of these players, they will never get their credit. But it's just it's just the nature of the way they play. And um, 
yeah, there's no point in them charging around the pitch because it's not going to help. So, yeah, just mm. keep keep playing that role and keep being underappreciated, I say. Not going to lie, Rodri's first name on my team sheet. If someone said to me, pick a Premier League at 11, Rodri's the first name on that list. I love a DM. That's crazy. You 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 dragged it there, bro. <laughs> 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 talking about Rodri, let's be real here. Bro. Hey, Liz has waited eight weeks to see me so you could, <laughs> you could get that out early. Liz, Liz, Casemiro or Rodri? Rodri. Rodri's the best in the world, bro. Good, good, good. Oh, wait, so who is the first name on your... T- this is so off topic, but who's the first name on your team sheet when you pick a Premier League 11? Like, I can take any player in the league. And he's yeah, the any player in the league. Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's the best player in the league. <laughs> he is. That's hard to Rodri. argue against. Hard to argue against. I was going to... I thought you were going to say Haaland, but then if we were doing, like, a draft format, then if you have Haaland and you don't have the players behind him, then he's not a stronger pick. So you do need De Bruyne is someone who can make something out of it. Salah has started coming back into it as well. Salah in recent weeks, he's he's purring. Don't um, chat about Salah in front of Leo. He's, 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 he's now we're not Twitter right now. I can talk seriously about Salah. <laughs> he's got the third most goals and assists in the league, and he's barely, he's had a quiet season by his standards. It's crazy. I would take KDB though. I this like I look. I think Haaland. The thing with him is. As much as we say he's not a great footballer or whatever, I believe Haaland goes to any team in this league and he scores 20 goals in the Premier League. I, I do believe that. But I've seen KDB now for four, five, six years. I've never seen a player who basically has one pass on lock that if basically his teammate is waiting in the exact position that Sterling or Jesus was so many times, it's basically the highest XG chance in the game. Mm. Every single time he plays that ball, as long as his teammate's there to tap it in, it's a goal. That's cheat code, bro. You know he's on fifteen assists as well, so he could he could if he has a strong end to the season he could break the record and no one's talking about is that he on at 15? all. Fifteen, fifteen. Jeez, honestly, in my mind, I was like he's on about ten, eleven. No, that's no, the whole no. thing that's with Sacco, cool. right? The standard is so high for Man City the last few years that people are yeah. saying City fell off or Howland make them worse. Is Pep having his worst year? KDB after the World Cup had a slow start, but you look now, match day 35, 36, 37. They're at the top of the league. All their players at the, are at the top of their individual standings. It's not at the top of the league. Pause that. Not <laughs> Just not yet. Hey, um, we're going to come to that. We're going to we're going to chat yeah. Arsenal City. We are definitely chatting about but, that. But just before we move on, also this talk of bottle, it, it, we have bottled it in the last two weeks. But the well, Anfield... nobody said it. Nobody said it. <laughs> nobody said no, no, it. No, no, because because I'm bringing it up because I'm talking about people talking about it. Um, because the Anfield game definitely wasn't a bottle. When people were saying it was, it wasn't. The last two games were. But um, you can't you can't suggest drawing at Anfield is a bottle. It's only because it's City. If it was any other team chasing, we would have margin for error. But when it's City, you got you got no margin. But wouldn't you say like okay? I understand getting a, a point. If you had to, if I told you if you get a point away to Anfield, looking down the, the line in terms of your fixtures, you would have snatched that off. But I think when you look at the context of the game, when you were so comfortable two 0 up front, you had Anfield basically silenced. I think when you look at that context of the game, the big chance you have at the end. That, for me, is a bit of a bottle. Not as much as West Ham or Southampton, but mm. it still is a bit of a choke. We bottled the game, but I don't think I don't think that was bottling the title, for example. I, I don't think they gave Liverpool enough credit in that game. They ripped us apart and that's in second half. Like, they just yeah. chance off the chance off the chance. And Liverpool, I think, are the second highest in terms of big chances created. So they can do that. And they did in that game and it came through. So Arsenal, as good as we've been this season, we can be gutted defensively, and especially with Rob Holding as well. And Liverpool just ripped us apart. Liverpool have beaten Team 7-0 at home this season. You can't yeah. forget that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> one, thing, one thing I would say is I want to see Arsenal play Newcastle on the 7th of May. And the way the atmosphere at St. James is in, the Tottenham game, the United game, I think that's when you'll see if you're actually bottling it. Because I think 
that that term can be used when you go to Anfield and Anfield gets on top of you and you make a few mistakes and things go wrong. And then Southampton at home, you make an early mistake. And I think you're still in a bit of a hangover from the game at Liverpool. If you get a few wins, then you go to St. James's Park and then you're 2-0 down after 10 minutes, then I would say like you're bricking it a little bit. Because I is think... It, isn't Newcastle though, right after the City game? I think it's one one more after. No, it's Chelsea at home, I think, then oh, Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, that's a horrible run, man. Like, the, the fixture demons did you dirty there. City, Chelsea, Newcastle. Yeah, well, Chelsea, I mean, uh, these days, is, is that's the one for me. If they lose that game, that's a bottle. Because I think St. James' yeah. Park, oh, Anfield, in terms of atmosphere, St. James' Park is becoming a new giant-killing uh, stadium. Every single big team that goes there, I think only you guys actually knew they beat them. Hey, we smoked them twice. Don't chat to yeah. me, Eddie Hell. You scrape that. You scrape the one at um, St. James's Park, I think. Yeah, it was. Carvalho scored in the 97 for Anfield or 98 oh. or whatever. Um, anyway, let's circle back. I, I, I can't believe that I didn't even mention anything about Arsenal or Bottling it. And James was like, I've been thinking about this the whole weekend <laughs> and I need to get it out to someone. <laughs> Listen, no ratings has been known to be a therapy pod many, many times. So um, uh, if you need it, just give us a shout anytime. Um, all right, the first one of this is if City do the treble, Haaland must win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Who else is going to win it? Messi. Messi. Yeah, to be fair, World Cup, Messi. Mm. Is the World Cup more than a treble in your eyes? Not for me. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, but the point is Messi won Argentina that World Cup. Without Messi, they don't win it. But without Haaland, City is still up there. They probably don't do the treble, but... He didn't win treble on his own. That's kind of the point. Uh, I, I still think Haaland, though. I think you're right. Um, I don't know. And How does the Ballon d'Or work again? Does like, Is it have people, like journalists to vote? Is it players that vote? Players. Both, isn't it? Mm, Both. Yeah, they'll, they'll vote Messi. They'll vote Messi. No, no. Actually, it's journalists as well. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, the- oh, yeah, no, he is. No. Each country gets a journalist or something, something like that. It's both. Yeah, because yeah, Ballon d'Or is from France Football, which is like a, a newspaper. I'm pretty sure it's a journalist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, which one is the one where the players, players as well, vote, Because you get reports of like who Benzema's top three yeah. Ballon d'Or votes Yeah. I think it's key for the best. It's ex-players as well, no? I think, yeah, it's a, I think it's a combination of both because there's always... Googling it, so we don't need to speculate. The thing is, if it is players, you just vote Messi. Like you just got to get Messi done. Yeah, yeah, bare players will do that. The problem, the problem is, if Haaland doesn't win it when he's won the treble and broken all the goal scoring records, what on earth can he do to win it? But well, Messi retires. That's that's it. Yeah, like that's what I'm. I think it, there's context to it as well, in the sense that Messi calls it a day next season. Haaland might only win the Premier League, but then he's not against anyone else. Do you know what I mean? Like this year, he's against yeah. World Cup winning Messi. So. I believe, Oops. so from what I'm reading, I think the Ballon d'Or is decided by journalists. Like I said, that's a, a France football award. Now, FIFA the best, uh, as you guys have known, is kind of like the award that's split off from that. And that's a FIFA award. I believe that's where the captains of each national team are the ones then who go on. That's when you heard about David Alaba voting yeah. for Messi instead of Benzema, I believe. Okay. Oh. Clarified. Mm. Mm. I, I personally, don't, uh, I hear the argument that if he wins the treble, um, he should win it, but equally, I think Messi winning the World Cup in the manner that he did. Like, if Messi wins that World Cup and Argentina just play really well and they win every game and he contributes a little bit, um, I think you go, mm, he's in the running, but you probably give it Haaland. The fact that he dragged Argentina through the final, through every game essentially, pretty much, it's really hard to argue against Messi winning the World Cup. 
Yeah, I the just, problem is the problem is because of the time because the, it's going to be so long since he won the World Cup. So the, Haaland's PR is going to be right up there, whereas Messi's is going to be. It was such a long time ago, so we need to hmm. we need to whip up a storm to get Messi his eighth. It would eighth, be his yeah. Yeah, yeah. eighth. Yeah. I mean, look, I, it's crazy that me of all people is coming against Messi because that's that's my guy. I've, I go to war every time for him, but I just think what. I don't want to downplay the what the value of a World Cup, right? But you're comparing one month to 12. And mm-hmm. I just think what Erling Haaland has done, I agree. Haaland's impact on the City team is not more valuable than Messi's impact. But the amount of goals that he's scoring, bro, he's breaking records. He's hitting numbers that Messi in his peak was hitting. So mm-hmm. I would have a very difficult time not giving that to, A, a guy who has the individual numbers, the individual performances, and the team trophies. I would have a very difficult time not giving it to him. Isn't it funny, though, that when, when you compare Haaland to Messi's peak... Even though, even though Haaland is scoring like hat tricks every week, he's still never going to touch that 91, 91 goals. That's crazy, game. man! Like, and also he got something like thirty assists that season as well. Yeah, um, I, so, yeah. I don't think as football fans we've truly comprehended like that peak of Messi. Like, I think we still kind of just go like, oh, he was really good though." You know, like, like, you no, know, like me being a Liverpool fan when Salah had that stint in the first six months. Um, was it last season or season before? Season before. Um, when he scored that mad goal against City and Watford in back-to-back weeks, everyone was going, "This is like peak Messi." It, nothing in nothing in the world will touch that a ninety-one goal season Messi. Like, that is unbelievable beyond belief. That, on average, the guy was scoring like two and a half goals a game, plus one and a one point two assists or something per game or something like that. Which is just that's the craziest thing is I don't even think that's the best version of Messi. That's, that's, that's like, as crazy as it is. I actually think uh, fourteen fifteen. The second treble that he won, I think that's the most complete version of Messi I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah, it's just the guy's just. Uh, wait, so where would you put his World Cup version of him? Just that month, if you were to put that month of Messi compared to other times through Messi's career, where would you put that month? Pretty low to not. I mean, I say pretty low because like it's Messi, right? Obviously, that, that World Cup, that that month that he had, it compares to anyone's best month ever. But compared to what I've seen Messi in his peak do. Not that high, to be honest with you. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, if you're watching it individually as well, like his performances, yeah, they were amazing. But that previous Messi man, he was even better. That's yeah, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Also, I think with the go on. I was gonna say Messi, like right now in, in this pure moment in his career, is purely a moments player. Like he will. I mean, give that's him, literally that's literally exactly what I was gonna say. Moments in the game where he is otherworldly, but you look at Messi three, four, five, six, seven years Everything's ago. Going for him. He's giving you every ten minutes. He gets the ball and he can he can basically create or, or score a goal on his own. It was a joke. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. The World Cup. If you watch a highlights reel, he was incredible, but he wasn't as impactful as earlier on in his career, where he dropped deep, get the ball, and mm. just take on five players and create a goal. He yeah. was more get the ball in the in the correct space and then make the pass rather than doing it all, basically. Yeah, it was just efficiency, in it? Pure efficiency in the World mm. Cup. Before that, it was efficiency, aesthetics, everything, bro. Mm. This World Cup, actually, I saw a lot of Messi that I didn't actually think existed anymore. Like, I, mm. I thought his legs were actually past him at this point. Looking at the last 12 months he had had at PSG, for example, I was, that run, for example, that he goes on against Croatia, I look, yeah. Vardy was suspect defending, to be honest with you. I didn't <laughs> think Messi still had that in him, to be honest with you. Because but, he's been playing within himself, he doesn't care about PSG like yeah, yeah. He, like he cares about Argentina. It was crazy. Oh, of I think it's the World Cup though as well. A lot of players just raise their game for the yeah, World Cup. You look yeah, at Morocco yeah. for example. Like look of at the course. football they were playing and how they were playing. I think it is that country pride as well. Also, yeah, last exactly. thing, last thing on Messi saying like when we were saying he brought something in that World Cup that we didn't know he was capable of. He changed his penalty style mid World Cup. 
Yeah. So he missed that penalty and then worked on it, changed his penalty style and scored every penalty after that, which is ridiculous. Yeah, his penalty in the final was a joke. Well, I was a joke. And the celebration after that. Oh, man. <laughs> Bad guy, man. The guy won the World Cup on his own and we're going probably like down there with his, with like peak rest. He's crazy, bro. Like there ain't players in the history of football who can perform like that for a month. Some of the best players we've ever watched can't perform like that for a month. It's mental. That's why he's the GOAT. <laughs> Um, all right, the next one is lovely. Leas is going to snap at this. Um, Ten Hag, just no. this season, isn't a top five manager. In the league? Well, in, in terms league. of performances? In terms of performances this season. In terms of performances oh, so who, who would he have? Um, so names that were mentioned were Arteta, Pep Guardiola, um, Eddie Howe. Yep. This season, We're saying this season, just this season. Ten Hag, not Ajax Ten Hag, just the, this Current yeah, season. no, no, you have to, you have to. Unai Emery, throw his name in the pot. No, no, he's only been there about. No, Benetton. <laughs> so, are we, wait, what, what did you? Are we talking about what? Who would win manager of the season? Yeah, manager of the season, and they're saying yeah. Ten Hag's not even in the top five. He's in top five. He's in top five. Ten Hag. He's, he's taken Villa from relegation to. Champions. Like Europa League, almost pushing Champions League places. Yeah. Not not discrediting Ten Hag, but yeah, yeah he's it's incredible. Okay, I think only Arteta would be my pick above Emery for this season, manager of the season. What he's done is remarkable. Yeah, no, I, I feel like it, I'm, I'm, like for weeks. I'm think, not falling for it. I think I'm it's actually more of a thing about the league. I think the league before. is just no offense to Arsenal fans, and I don't even mean to say this. I see you keep saying this. Let me land. Let me land. Look, I think Arsenal have been exceptional, but I do think the league is shit this season. I think there's eight teams. Wait, give me a second. I think there's from 12th to 20th, the teams are awful. And, and and you see, like, if you went and sat and watched the Championship League on League Two, with no disrespect to those leagues, um, they're very erratic because the quality levels of players is so erratic. Like, you'll have a player who one week can bag a hat-trick and the next week will miss 12 chances because that's the difference between the most elite players. They've got better concentration, they've got better focus, and they're more clinical in high-intensity high, um, high moments. Between 12th and 20th, the reason these teams are turning up in one week winning, Bournemouth, for example, winning 2-0 last week and winning losing 4-0 this week, Leeds losing 6-1 to Liverpool. It's just the league, that bottom end of the league is absolute garbage. And then you've got your Liverpool, your Tottenham, uh, your Chelsea, who are also absolutely garbage. That's 11 teams in this division that I'm just thinking off the top of my head. That's awfully ironic of you to say, right? Because I've heard for years now about how Liverpool... This is why, for me, points tallies, I think, like... Judging teams from different seasons based on their point tallies from individual seasons is the biggest load of nonsense ever. Because we've heard from Liverpool fans for years now that their 99 and 98 or 97 point teams could stack up to United's 91s or 89s. What, what was so special about the season where Liverpool won the league or where Liverpool came second? You had two great teams, but United were awful. Chelsea were awful. Arsenal were awful. Tottenham were awful. You had Huddersfield. You had Cardiff. The leagues down, the, the teams down there were awful as well, too. So what, what's changed now from Liverpool seasons to now Arsenal seasons? Arsenal, this team is great, bro. They're absolutely fantastic. The league's got more competitive. Liverpool, Liverpool have the asterisks in the corner as well because it was a COVID season. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> <and> the rest. <laughs> hey, no, no, listen. The league's just got more competitive. Uh, you have to accept it because the teams at the bottom have quality now. They didn't have before. They have quality players. I mean, teams in Southampton, look at the players they have, bro. They're 30, 40 million pound players just sitting there. The quality of tactics as well, but it's just more competitive. Hence why these teams can't get consistent form. Apart from the teams that are actually are complete, like Arsenal and City because of their projects and what the stages there are, the league's far more competitive. Bro, look at Brentford. 
Look at Brighton. Look at Newcastle. Look at Aston Villa. Uh, they, they, you know I mean, this league's far more competitive than ever before. I will say this though: the teams at the bottom these days. I'm not even talking about just this season purely, but like the last few seasons, the teams at the bottom have more individual quality, absolutely. And I think even the coaching, like the coaches, the coaches now down there are probably at a higher level than they were in the past. But they are horrible at defending, and the way that they're so basically inclined to now play out the back, no matter what. I think they open up a lot more for the big teams. Like, I don't remember, maybe there's nostalgia here, but the 2000s, even the early 2010s, the smaller teams getting pummeled as much as these other teams do. And I think a lot of it has to do with how much, like there's an emphasis now on playing outside of the back or playing out from the back, excuse me, being more expansive, having attacking fullbacks. I think it's killing a lot of teams down at the bottom. Well, it's like it's like the Bundesliga. People criticize the Bundesliga teams for just turning over and letting Bayern smash them, but it's because they're yeah. trying to hold a high line to play out from the back. And then this happens. So the same is starting to happen in the Prem. And you have better managers rather than your Sean Dyche. No disrespect to him. Um, he's amazing. He's still here, bro. He's, he's still, he's still he's out here. Not put Sean Dyche there. Put someone he's else. Back, he's back, isn't he? <laughs> of course. He's um, but yeah, yeah. So you do have, you still have a few teams that stick 10 men behind the ball. Uh, but generally, how many though? all teams are trying to play. What I will say is, like from what Leah said there about... Um, the teams down the lower end of the league conceding more. In the season, Liverpool won the league. Uh, the maximum amount of goals conceded was 75. But after that, most teams, had, the most they'd conceded was somewhere between 50 and 60 throughout the entire season. This season, Southampton, Forest, Leicester, Leeds, Bournemouth have all conceded 60 already. Really? These, these guys are conceding a joke of amount. And there's still six games to go. Like, like... Forest yeah, but they was... also invested heavily in, in the front lines now. They got quality attackers. Every every team's got an attacker nowadays. They just do, bro. So it I, is but... a mix of defensive getting worse, maybe, and teams up and got playing more expansive football, hundred percent. But attacks are also getting better. This is a football is. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, Surely I, you I... want that though. You don't want everyone to have a clean sheet, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but like from me just watching the the league, I just I can't sit and watch like. Leicester against Bournemouth and get any sort of kick out of it because I think both teams are actually absolutely awful. And I I don't think it was like there's one team that springs to mind from the season when Liverpool and City went clear and that's Norwich. They yeah. Huddersfield. Oh, Huddersfield as well. Yeah, Them two yeah, teams. No, oh, you, there were some <laughs> You're you're a kid in yourself. Those well, well, hold on. But Huddersfield, when Huddersfield went down, uh, Philip Billing was their best player. He's come to Bournemouth. He's killing it at Bournemouth. People are chatting about 30 million. Del Potre, come on, bro. What are we doing here, bro? No, but what was that game? There was one game, it was like Burnley Everton that was put on, you know, when during lockdown, how they weren't televising games and they started trying to charge for it. It was yeah. one of those oh, games yeah. cost Sheffield United versus yeah. <laughs> and then just, yeah, Sheffield United versus Burnley or something, and just nobody tuned in. Um, nah, man. Anyway, so, let's, no let's circle those. back to Ten Hag being the top five manager. I just thought of another one, Deserby. I was going to say, if the subject is purely this season. Who would be, who would be like in the running for manager of the season? I would probably have Ten Hag fifth or sixth. I, I I think there's actually an argument now. Who do I think are the top five managers in the league? I think he's in that conversation for sure. But purely on this year, like I know Babs doesn't like Emery because of his stint at Arsenal. I think that's why. No, he's... I like him. He's a lovely person. I lo- love him as a person. <laughs> a manager, you I, don't just, like I just know he's not sustainable. I just well, can see it a mile away. But this is just this season. Who's been the manager of this season? Not who's going to be the manager next season. Yeah. Emery, what he's done at, Ar- uh, at Aston Villa again. If Arteta didn't exist, he would be my manager of the season. And Deserbi is playing the most insane football. And I'm so happy now that we've kind of moved past this rhetoric that he just took over Grand Potter's team and was just like. Muscle memory. He has taken that team and elevated them. Two mm-hmm. or three levels, in fact. 
All right. What's your, give me your top five then. If I said like this season, you, you're picking the manager of the year, but we need your top five. Give me it in order right now. Me? I'll tell you first. It depends right. if you win the league. It depends if... Yeah, if it does. It does. But if as it stands league, right now. Let's As it stands right now. So far, so so far, yeah, I'll tell you. All right, that's the first. Emery second for me. Pep oh. third, because I think Pep, the coaching job that he's done this year is so underrated. I think it's one of mm. his best. Um, Eddie Howe's got, Eddie Howe's Eddie Howe's got to be in there. Yeah, yeah I Eddie. put, put Howe over Emery for sure. The only reason what's so funny, right? Funny, right? What a joke! I'm being serious. Bro. Eddie Howe, give him some respect. Bro. I, I, I named like Eddie Howe personally was my manager of the season last year. Like I, I saw him as the manager of the year last year. So almost, I didn't expect him to be third, but. I kind of predicted that they would take another big leap this season. Again, I yeah, didn't yeah. be in, in top four conversation the way they are, but last year was really that insane year for me. Yeah, so I would no, probably no, have no. Howe fourth and then maybe De Zerbi or Ten Hag sixth. Or uh, fifth, excuse me, fifth or sixth. Marco Silva and Thomas Frank have both done mental jobs as well. Thomas Frank, yeah. Fulham, yeah. Fulham have fallen off a little bit now. They, they've been still ninth though. Like, at the start yeah. of the season, I think a lot of people had them finishing like in the bottom four somewhere. Yeah, it's a definitely oh, yeah. surprise. Even the Bournemouth guy, you know, who's come in. Yeah, he, he's well as well. Yeah. Yeah. They've the conceded shots. Like most most shots and like most expected goals against. Yeah, yeah. Leno is yeah, having. Leno, Leno um, saved him. Yeah. There was this uh, key analyst on Twitter. Basically, Leno's having. You know that Allison season was it last season? Yeah, last season. When he was incredible one v ones. Leno's actually outperforming him just in terms of one v ones this wow. season. Uh, three million Leno pounds in the same conversation. That's we got. <laughs> three million pounds is what Arsenal got. That's all we got for Leno. No, no, isn't it three million plus one, Buffs? Oh, oh, sorry, four minutes. <laughs> Definitely worth it. Um, I personally think, just putting it out there, I think even if Arsenal finish second, I still think Arteta's my manager of the season. I think to go yeah. from fifth to first or second, especially considering the context of this, like they're genuinely in the race, you're genuinely in the race. Um, I think that's that's a very hard jump to make. Like normally teams go fifth, fourth, third, then first, or third, then second, then first. From going from fifth and miles off the beat, to first or second, Arteta is my manager. Yeah. Even even if we bottle it, we should still finish on like ninety points. Bro, you is, are saying bottle it. You, you, no, no, you no, 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 no. Even if we go on to bottle it from now, I'm saying. So I I'm don't saying, think you'd be bottling it from now, though. We'll talk about no, it. No, no, talk about even this. if even if let's say we lose at St James's Park and drop points at Brighton, we will still finish on 80, 88 points. Yeah. So crazy. So you can't. Yeah. Even though we're not matching City, that's still that's still such an incredible achievement. Yeah. From the youngest team in the league. Also, not like for context, Man City doing what they do. Like the, this title race is just grow up. You, you just can't drop a point, man. It's what do you mean? What no, City, not you. City, oh. not you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next one. This is from Trajista. He said, "If Newcastle get Champions League football, Alexander Isak has a, has Whoa. had a more impressive season I than Harry this. Kane. He's in He's tapped, tap, bro." <laughs> He's, he's just a, got the hardest Kane agenda on the app, so no. I agree. I, I, I see it. I see what? It. The second biggest Harry Kane agenda. <laughs> I've got no Harry Kane agenda. I've got no Harry Kane agenda. But Isak has surprised me. I thought he was a bit like Jesus. I think he missed a lot of chances, but he's been clinical. Clinical. Mm. I think his, his XG numbers and uh, goals he scored is crazy high. Uh, maybe as important as Harry. What's Harry Kane achieved this season? What, got Spurs... Fighting fifth and sixth. He's kept them surviving in survival, bro. That's what he's done. Maybe, this. maybe, maybe, maybe. But listen, I'm an Arsenal fan as well. Don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget that. <laughs> don't forget that. But no, I, I, listen, maybe it's a bit of a bold one and it can be unpopular, but I do see sides of it. 
I don't know. Harry Kane, 24 goals in the league. If it wasn't for that freak over in Manchester, we'd be talking about this as another amazing, amazing season by Kane. He's carrying that. He's not just the goal scorer either. He's carrying that team on the back in terms of like build up in the final third. He has to drop deep and then score. No, yeah. I, I don't like him too. Is he has he receives no service, bro? Who's who's oh, feeding? That's him? what I'm saying. That's I don't what I'm saying. Him, bro. If you're keeping yourself a Spurs for that long, you don't deserve to be rated anymore. If you're if you're keeping yourself a Spurs, bro, get yourself out of there. Yeah, some rating. I know what he's about to say. Did you see though? Did you see the reports about United? Mm. Welcome. I'll see you welcome. Next yeah, yeah, welcome. You got to, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Trust <laughs> me, I got, I got a secret source in the back. Resources. Mm. <laughs> I do feel like though. I think Kane, like Spurs lose 6 1 to Newcastle. Kane scores. And I think he goes to bed with a smile on his face. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he's yeah. definitely like, yeah, but I bagged. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know those guys in fives when you lose like 9 4, but he's like, yeah, but I bagged too. And you're like, he's, he's changed I'm his game again. He's, he's gone from playmaker back to goal scorer. So I rate that, but Spurs, mm. you don't rate Spurs. Because also, he can't playmake when who's scoring? Kulusevsky's got what? Yeah, Son's like, gone off for a Who goes this season, I think, for Kulusevsky in 19 games? The That's worst signing in the Premier League this season has still zero goals. Richarlison. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then also... He, Son, it's, don't worry, don't worry. Though. He scored goal for Brazil. That's what it matters. Ah, yeah, yeah. He scored three disallowed goals. That's what I keep saying. But he has scored three disallowed goals. Like, it doesn't count. Well, did hit the back of the net. Yeah. Um, all right, next one. This is this is sensational. Is Rob Holding the most overhated player this season? Justice for Rob Holding, bro. Justice for Rob <laughs> yeah, Holden. man. Team team Holding, let's go. Overhated. Mm. I prefer not to speak. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will get in trouble. Uh, right, if we try and rationalise this, basically, it's not his fault, but the knock-on effect of having him in the team is so big because it means he, he makes the spaces in the team bigger. He, we play in a way that squeezes the pitch up. If we don't do that, if he's deeper, it makes the gaps bigger. It makes the passing lanes worse. It has such a knock-on effect that, no, it has literally directly made us significantly worse. Um, and it's made it's made Saka a little bit worse. It's made Partey worse because he's defending <laughs> larger spaces. No, it's true, man. It's true. <laughs> Can you please adapt? Do you know what, right? Who else is overholding then? Who would you say... You know, gets hated more. Ooh. Who are the other options then? Me personally, yeah. I got a few bad tweets about McTominay, bro. De Gea, I got a few bad tweets about De Gea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but De Gea is not overhated, is he? Yeah, no one just rates. He's just not rated. Nah, just stress, stress. You had a twenty-minute compilation, a twenty-minute fail compilation on Twitter. De Gea, you were missing a few clips in that one as well, bro. I, I got some in the back of my head that I'd love to get to that comment. <laughs> Easily be extended to a short. I, I say minutes. base him out. Mason Mount gets Mount's so very hated. Yeah, yeah, way too overhated. So yeah, I'd bring say him Mount's to Mount's Anfield. Mount's He's going to cook in that RCM over Henderson. Let's go, Mason Mount. That's a good shot, actually. Or, or can we have a little Darwin? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's very hated. I hate that as well. I hate he's that. Put into conversations with players he shouldn't be put into. Yeah. Not named any Antonys of this world. Think, think it's right with those players there. They're, they're actually good top players. Holdings, I think you just have to understand he's not elite, and therefore in an elite system he's going to struggle. And you just have to understand that. I hear I that. I think that's where I always go back to Arteta. This is where I think he needs to start adapting his team because expecting holding to just immediately like for like substitution of Saliba and, and things are just going to remain the same, it's never going to happen. So well, right, yeah, but this is the last season where it's going to happen. Yeah, and the issue is people forget this. Holding it's not just Nani, they're going to be gone next season. So. Yeah, and it's not just Saliba that got injured. It's Tommy Asu. Yeah. If Tommy Asu is fit, so if you had Tommy, they're both injured in the same game in the same twenty minutes. The killer. 
If he was available, Ben White goes centre back. You've got Tommy Asa right back. We're chilling. I do think, though, like I had a guy tweet me earlier, uh, and just to get holding out of the team, he was playing a back three with Saka at wing back. And I was like, he's not that, like, he's bad. I completely understand. I don't actually think he's bad. It's Man City. Yeah. And I I think, like, he's not a bad bad footballer. You'd compete for the Premier League, though. And in the in a Premier League title race, he is going to look like a bad footballer because every moment matters. And I, I said it during the Liverpool game, like when you're at that level, at the absolute elite of the Premier League, concentration is the most valuable asset you can have. And when you stop concentrating, like Zinchenko did at left back against Liverpool, then he did the following game, uh, like Holding did to give away the penalty, like he does generally because he's just not at that level, he's going to get battered. But then what option does Arteta have? Like... Who's he going to play at centre back? Nah, I disagree with that five at the back. Line a little deeper, bro. Maybe don't like like James is saying. Okay, Saliba and Gabriel and the way they play, a lot of it is predicated on the fact that they press high. They basically like swallow the spaces in front of them. They suffocate teams. But if you know that you have a guy that the minute he kind of goes up a little forward, there's going to be acres of space he's going to get caught up in, or he is going to drop deep. Maybe you 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 adjust the way your defensive line operates, bro. No, I agree. And I think it is, I actually think it's one of Arteta's biggest weaknesses. But the positive with that is as soon as holdings out the team, as soon as we've got rid of those type of players, it's not going to be a problem anymore because Mm. now our depth is a lot, a lot better than it used to be. It used to be a huge problem when he first joined the club because we had absolutely no depth and even no starters. Um, But yeah, Arteta will always play his way, completely opposite to Emery, who will change the team. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm. But as a big club, you need you need to act like that. Um, also, yeah. just before we move on, I know I was hating on Anthony, but I think he's actually grown on me recently. Um, yeah, he's been good. I think recently he's been he's yeah. he's improved. Um, he's still not good enough for United, but I don't hate him as much as I used to. <laughs> we need to have a Sancho conversation. Wait for Is he over here, though. Who is uh, Sancho? Yeah. I don't think he's over here. I don't think he's hated enough. <laughs> yeah, I think he's under. Oh, hold on, I, I, I actually hate I'm not overhated because I think there's some people on social media that have made it personal with, with Sancho. Like, oh, I think yeah. it's actually getting vindictive, to be honest. Like, people are taking absolute joy out of the, the kid failing. Like, look, has he been a success in the Premier League? Absolutely not. But I think in terms of hatred, it's getting a little weird for me. Really? I haven't yeah. come across much Sancho slander. Yeah, come people were people on the, were on the right side. That's why there were a lot of people who hoped he missed that penalty. Honestly, no, yeah, that's, that's dark, weird, man. Yeah, bro, like Twitter has made people so much more toxic. Mm. So much more toxic. It's like school again, bro. In school is the same playgrounds, but it's now on Twitter. Yeah, mm. it's weird, man. I, I'm I'm too mature for this stuff, bro. I don't follow anyone below it's the age of twenty five. Too old, about too mature. You thirty years old, bro. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next one. Um, this one I think has actually been squashed. To be fair, but Raj, who's a massive fan of Vardy, said if Vardy saves Leicester from relegation, top work for the penalty at the weekend. By the way, he has the most unique career in Premier League history. Keen a promotion chase, Premier League title win, top four chase, FA Cup win, and relegation battle. He already has done this, I think. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, could so say. Yeah. Would you say, with that considered, he's got the most unique career in Premier League history? Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's no other answer, is there? I would say Yeah, but he won the league. I mean, you could say, yeah, he raised Leicester's level like that, but Vardy's had both. Won the title, kept them up as well, gotten promoted. If it's just Premier League career, then yeah, it's probably Vardy. Because I'm yeah. thinking Kante, what he's gone on to do. So Champions you're League, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Mahrez, yeah. maybe? Mahrez came over for yeah, like... Yeah, but I put him in the same boat as Kante. Yeah, my right. God, yeah. Mahrez 14-15 was not that guy for Leicester. He was actually on the bench quite a bit. So I think yeah. it actually is Jamie Vardy. Yeah, it's Vardy. It has to be. 
All right. We don't like uh, Vardy prop on this pod, but we're going to have to stick with this one. <laughs> um, where's the next one? Who wins the Champions League? This is not really a, a hot take, but someone someone just asked who wins the Champions League. And I thought it was quite interesting because when I look at it now, I'm going, mm, I'm not I'm not sure who wins it. And so, you're, yeah. not, you're not sure. The person who said bet your entire life savings on City beating Real Madrid. You're not sure. You're a sicko, by the way, because I <laughs> tweeted that. And Leah's, someone said, I think he said this before to me, and me thinking no one's going to look. Leah's, out of all people, dropped the screen grab, and everyone's going, hey, this guy's a waste, man. He's a prick. I was like, children, I'm going off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's City. It has to be this year, bro. I, I can't imagine a world where, where they don't do it. But Real Madrid have shocked me a few times, so who knows? But you've just lived through the severe juju in the Europa League. Like Madrid have that in the Champions League as well. But City are good at football and we're not. So there's the difference. Yeah, and City don't have any injuries either. Everyone's fit. Also, Pep has now just created a Champions League winning machine. He's got four mm. four centre backs and Haaland up front and De Bruyne behind him. So all they do is use their four centre backs to defend against transition and then transition against the other team with probably the best attacker in the world at it. So. Yeah, and Haaland just eats Champions Leagues for breakfast. So yeah, he's yeah. He's, like he, he's he they can now smash and grab. They have the smash yeah. and grab in them. Like you yeah. see, Arsenal have got Jesus right. That chance he missed against uh, Southampton. Oh, he missed three chances, was, bro. Yeah, if that was Champions League, <laughs> common. Uh, you know that's why he's <laughs> bro. <laughs> no, but the point is, a different type of strikers. Jesus no, over no, an entire yeah. campaign elevates a team enough to fight for a title. But Haaland in the Champions League in those fine, fine moments is where you know I think City are going to win it. It's like Laporte is actually the same. He's the type of player that over a 38-game season, he's the type of guy who you'd really want. But in a Champions League game, you'd much rather play like Ake, who will be yeah. able to defend 1v1. Yes, you don't yes. need a 1,000 passes. You just need him yeah. to do his job reliably. Yeah, and Laporte, by the way, Champions League, everyone talks about Ederson, everyone talks about this or that. Laporte has some howlers on his Champions League resume, bro. You look at all of City's Champions League exits, he's got his fingerprints all over him, bro. <laughs> hey, Ederson, though. He definitely does as well, bro. He's been good. he's been really good this season. Yeah, yeah, he's proper upped his game. Yeah, um, I do also agree. I think City are. I do, I do, Madrid are just one of these teams that are, like you cannot make predictions. Like before the Sevilla Man U game, I was like Man U will win because Sevilla are garbage. And somehow, like the goals that they scored two booky goals. What do you mean somehow? Game. I'll tell you somehow. David, <laughs> somehow, bro, leave this bit out. <laughs> but Come no, on, there's not a mystery here, bro. You know, but the thing is, like, it just happens repeat with Sevilla, happens repeat with Madrid. Like, we we might watch that second leg, City-Madrid, City might be 2-0 up, and then Haaland scores no. two goals, and you just go... No. Well, like, They'll learn from last that? season. They, they had it last year. They'll learn from last season, and plus they've got their answer to Benzema now. Haaland, Bro, but so. you, you cannot learn against You Madrid. can't count them out, <laughs> but I'm pretty confident City go through. Not put my house on it, though. Yeah, it. and people have forgotten that Real Madrid, like, it's like every year they win the Champions League. I've seen Real Madrid go out to Ajax. I've seen Real Madrid yeah. lose the city in the Champions League before. So last year was a special, special run. Last year felt like a Champions League win from Madrid. You could see it from a mile away yeah. with Benzema. Where this year feels like City, that team. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, Erdegaard has been better than De Bruyne this year. Oh, why are you making comparison? No, no, he's not. Yeah, I don't agree. He's he's been he's been crazy good, but no. Yeah. I think he goes a bit shy, you know. I think he, when he hides a bit sometimes against Southampton, until he scored that worldie, he was hiding. Yeah, I think I see him as a player though. I think he physically cannot impose himself like the Bruyne can because he doesn't have the same physicality. He just can't. Yeah. So he'll mm -hmm. try. He'll jump into a challenge. He'll press, but he, he can't win it back. He can't impose himself. And also, Arsenal against Southampton were, were struggling with progression as well into that final third. So you can't get the ball into those danger areas as well. 
so, but yeah, I, I can see it. But listen, he's got the, I think the most away goals as well, so he, he's improving. Isn't that progression to the final third though? A lot of that is on Odegaard as well. Yeah. No, I think getting the ball to him though in dangerous no, areas. No, no, but I also think Odegaard was dropping deep so that he he wasn't as impactful in the game because he was dropping deep. So yeah, then yeah. in the in the end of the game, we started pushing more men forward and he pushed forward and that's why he was having yeah. more of an impact in the last fifteen. What what um, Odegaard's improved on is his ball striking. That's how I said. The goal against Southampton, for example, the goal against Fulham as well. I think I think Erdegaard has actually had an underrated season, but because of big moments, I don't think I don't think he's had as good a season as De Bruyne. Um, De Bruyne, and you were saying about his physique. De Bruyne's physique is like Kane's. Those players that you know they just don't look strong and fast at all. They've got like just like this flat body, but they're so deceptively it's core, quick. bro. We do core at the gym all day, every day. That's what we do. KDB is he's PNP, bro. Like people won't kind of put him in that same conversation with your typical like the guys who come to your mind when you think PNP. But the Bruyne's physical attributes are an absolute joke. You know, you know, he reminds me of me and Leah's have a chat about him all the time. Kaka, not like same type of player, but you know, if you looked at Kaka and saw yeah, when he's a yeah, PNP yeah. player, pace and power, and like his fi- final ball is killer and. He, mm. He's built his game on like that touch pass the defender he gets past, and De Bruyne does that so frequently. And yeah. you'll see him race past like Robertson, for example, or someone who's electric. And you go, he's not meant to be that quick, but he actually he's actually rapid over five or six yards. I always say he's a hybrid of actually Kaka, Gerard, and uh, Beckham. I think he has attributes that all of them had. He obviously has the ball striking, crossing of Beckham. He carries the ball like like Kaka, but he has the engine too of of uh, Stevie G. So he's he's a freak, bro. That's a. How long have you been thinking about that? That's a, that's a good I, I, I said that the first time. I remember, like, I made like a video on his four goal performance against Wolves, and I was saying, you look at his game, and he has bits of all three of those all time. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a very good comparison. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, last one of these. I don't love this one. Um, Kanate is a top five centre back on the planet. Slow no. down, because oh, no, no, slow down, because we've got to think of five centre backs that are better than him, and I don't think there's many good centre backs right now. He's not top five. No, but the problem is people see his physicality. And if you watch like a highlight reel of Kanate, who look incredible, but it's more than that. It's more about just winning duels and tackling one v one. Can I just say, he gets away with so many fouls. So many <laughs> You're fouls. saying that from the Arsenal game. <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm saying it because he'll, he'll, his comps are full of fouls, bro. They're just full of fouls. And I'm like, how has he got away with that? And then they go, they hype him up lazy. He's a, he's a machine. <laughs> he can he can be one of the best, but he's not being consistent enough either in terms of injuries. It's unfortunate, also, but it's true he, as well. He did make quite a glaring error against Forrest, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but he gets away with it because he's not in that he's not in that Saliba Saliba type of level. Oh, yeah, bro, <laughs> it was coming. I was going to say he gets away with it because he has Van Dyke basically taking all of the the yeah. attention. Yeah, that's that's also that true. A mistake. It's all on him. But Konate, in terms of Physical attributes, purely the art of defending, I think he's up there. But you have to also think in the modern game, we all talk about, oh, can he play out the back? Can he carry out the back? How good is he at, at on the ball? He's not at the level of some some other guys, to be honest. Okay, I have a, I have a question. Um, Konate or Upamakana? Konate. It hurts me because I was actually a big Upamakano fan before the last two weeks. But his uh, reputation has just been ripped into shreds. Listen, Leas, you love tweets, yeah? Go tweet. Go check Rambo FYI. Upamecano, I tweeted so long ago about this guy. I cannot watch this guy defend. He's so... He reminds me of, and not not to the quality level, I think he's actually a better defender. He reminds me of Gallas. He wants to be involved too much. There's too much of a frantic side to his game where like, as the ball drops between forward and centre-back, you don't need to fly in every time. He's so desperate to be... Remember when Gallas used to just 
be involved all the time. You're like, just just stay calm for a minute. Like, don't need to be this involved. I like my centre back calm, chilled. He, actually, he reminds me of Maguire. Honestly, that's it. Yeah, I don't see that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Mistakes maybe, but not, I like the the, the Galas show. Honestly, I always thought Galas was underrated. To be honest with you, I think his rep has kind of been tarnished because he wore the ten and he was basically on his. The whole story at Arsenal, I think, has kind of tarnished him a bit. But Obamecano, his biggest. Uh, flaws his confidence in my opinion like, he's very he's much so a confidence player yeah, he's erratic as well too but he's someone that you look at your, your top center backs right they make one mistake and their head remains on their shoulders mm. they stay calm you looked at the game against City and you knew the first mistake that he made he he wanted the ground to basically swallow him up he, his game completely collapsed and I think this season he's actually had a very strong season for Bayern but those two games against City will define his entire career. Like, he will have to basically put together Cannavaro World Cup 2006. He'll have to put together that kind of campaign for the casual or, like, the Premier League fan to ever respect him again. It's a shame because he was really good during the World Cup as well. I, yeah. I, I've I, had my doubts about him, but then during the World Cup, he was so good. So it's like, I was like, okay, he's growing on me a little bit. And then he does that. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's, still, he's still got that moment. It hurts, man. I'm more of a delit guy, personally. But... He's good. I like the he's come very hot, very good this season. Um, all right, that's the predictions, potentially hot takes done. Let's talk about Arsenal City. Let's talk about the big one. No one to. <laughs> uh, I will start with you for that reason. Arsenal City, how are you feeling, first of all? Um, just generally about the game, considering what's been going on the last few weeks. I had I had a um a uni lecture on um stoicism today. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, but basically it is basically what will be will be. Uh, which is how I feel about the City game. <laughs> I'm very philosophical. Um, I'm not. Str- I'm trying not to stress about it too much, and just hopefully the players that we've got on the pitch will give it everything they've got. City, look at what City have broken me. Yeah, <laughs> 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 like this. But no, it's just I. I back these boys so much, and I don't blame them for anything that's happened this season. So I know they will give it their best. And if City are too good for us, then I can't blame them. Um, I just really hope it doesn't come down to a stupid mistake from somebody who shouldn't be in the team. <laughs> just say his name, bro. Like you've you've hinted. Do you think by not saying his name, people are going to be like, "Oh, I'll still hire him for the job." He didn't say the name. You know <laughs> what you're saying? No, I don't want to criticize the boy. He's 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 a nice lad, so I leave him. <laughs> you just did. You just didn't say his name. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I feel like you probably want to put up a better account than what you did at home. Like at home, you actually just bricked it. Like you gave them no, a game. No, we weren't as bad. We weren't as bad as people think at home. Honestly, no, you, no, no. I, said, I think you played well, but you made mistakes which led them to win the game. That happens, though. But that's what I'm saying. I think in the top, in the top, top, top games when you take on City, like if you take on City on Wednesday and you lose one nil, but you lose one nil because Ramsdale rolled it out to. Haaland, that's going to hurt a lot more than losing 3-2 and you playing at your absolute peak because you lost because you deserve to lose. In that game against uh, City at the Emirates, you lost because of individual mistakes. A little bit. Sorry sorry about that. No, we definitely did. Individual mistakes, 100%. Because we like we started again with pretty well, missed a big chance and then Tommy Asu goes and does that, gives it to De Bruyne. That's, that's the first. And you come back into the game, wave off the wave of pressure. And then after that, they had a chances. In the second half, you're right, we kind of did bottle it because they just pressed us in. We couldn't play out of the back. But uh, we, I think in a lot of spells, we were the better team, but it was just those little fine moments where they've got those individuals to just make the difference. But also, you know, we've made the mistakes now. 
is it about time we learn from those mistakes? Because if we had two games against City, both were very equal at the Etihad and at uh, the Emirates, surely it could go in our favour once as well. Hopefully, at least. But um, yeah, I'm not saying I'm going to confident going into the game. Of course I'm not. But I've got that, uh, you can call it delusion to me. That, uh, <laughs> I, listen, I just think something can happen. Something can happen. I, I really do. I don't know what it is. And I, I'll t- tell you what it is, right, actually. Arsenal under Arteta do it in threes. So if we yeah. lose a game, it'll be three in a row. Like It'll be three losses or three three games without a win. And this is the fourth, right? <laughs> this is the fourth. And I'm just hoping that continues because if <laughs> we can bounce back now... No, this happened last season. Last like, season, I'll say this. Brian, but that's my biggest fear. It's say if we do something spectacular. We go and beat City, right? It just happens. And we go and beat uh, Chelsea at home the next... Like last season, we beat Chelsea away. No one expected it. They beat United at home. Then I think we beat West Ham away as well. But then it's Newcastle again, end of the season. Like last season as well. I don't want to bottle it there. So ultimately, I think, yeah, can Arsenal get something out of the game? We definitely can. Because I don't think City are invincible. I think Bayern showed you can get through them. And once you're through them, you can cause issues if Arsenal are decisive. If Jesus turns up and takes his chances. Yeah, why not? Exactly, why not? Um, But I I think Mikel Arteta will make a change. I I think he'll have some sort of tactical innovation. It might be part of right back. It might be Kivio back three. Uh, But this game for me, I don't, I don't care how pragmatic he is. If he has, is a five at the back or a four at the back, just get me a win. Get me a win. Get would me believing again. Draw? If I offered you a draw right now, would you take it? No, I want to win this game. I want to win this game. And I think we can do as well. I really do. I really believe. I think People believe football is just very simple, simple scripts. It's not. And anything's possible. And I'm mm. telling you, bro, I'm locked into it, bro. I'm locked into the script, bro. I've read the script <laughs> and I'm hoping it's the right script, isn't it? I would take it. But, um, but no, you're right, though. This happened last season where yeah. we lost, as I say, we lost to Southampton. Um, I can't. I, Brighton, Crystal Palace. Sure, but we it lost was a three in a row. Yeah, it was a loss against Palace. Then I, and Party got injured. Then a loss against uh, Brighton at home. And then, then a loss against Southampton away. That's crazy. And then, and also, as you say, we didn't have our first team in this. And Nketiah was up front at this point. Yeah. And then we beat Chelsea 4-2 and United 3-1, I think. Yeah, I think that was Nketiah's second start. Yeah, it was. Or, or, that game, we went for a back three, I think. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, Sako's playing wingback or something like that. But listen, man, it's Man City. So if they do it, they're robots. If they don't do it, then we're shameless. <laughs> <laughs> Would you change system? I keep seeing about systems. Also, by the way, your logic is slightly flawed, yeah. Because if you win free and do things in threes, you wouldn't be top of the league. Because then you would. No, I'm win talking free. about after a loss or oh, okay, the sequences. Yeah, it's yeah. always three. We, I knew for Southampton, I knew we were going to drop points. I just knew it for a mile away because we do always do it. We always do three. It's like last season. I thought, okay, we lost to Crystal Palace at Brighton at home. Oh, we lost that as well. Southampton away, we lost that as well. And then we're going to beat Chelsea away straight after that as well. Also, just do this under our tail. So this is a script then, because you told me there's no script. <laughs> no, I've read the script, bro. Uh, oh. I'm not writing the script. I've read the script. Today. The script was delivered to me yesterday. Amazon Prime delivery came through and I've seen it. It's looking good. What was the okay. score? I can't reveal on it. <laughs> Confidential. I signed a contract and you know what I mean? Uh, if you said, if you said the score and it was bang on, that would be a code. <laughs> to just be like... Just a Peter, uh, like a little TikTok. Just keep, bro, just keep saying loads of scores. We'll just edit the warning. <laughs> uh, but I do believe we'll do something special. I think we can do something special. I'm hoping at least. It's 3-1 Arsenal. 2-1 Arsenal. 1-0 Arsenal. <laughs> um, we need that. We need that. Uh, would you change anything, Leas? I'll come to Leas first because I feel like Arsenal fans, that we've heard you've, your agenda against said centre-back who wants to play for Bolton and has a, he's had a hair transplant. Um, 
I don't listen. I know you're gonna ask me, Rainbow. Honestly, I, I don't think I'm the person to ask in terms of would I change anything because I don't watch Arsenal to the tactical level that these guys do. I don't. I don't pay attention to every single detail. So I'm watching them as someone. I just want to see them do well, bro. But, so, okay, as a casual, as a casual, then on the on the topic, what would you do? Um, look, I would still go for the same. The, the one thing that I don't like that Arteta is doing in game, I can speak on that. I don't. I, I think the last three games he's gotten the attacking substitution wrong. I think he's mm. taking off the wrong guy based on how that player is, is coming off. Like I often see it's Martinelli who's coming off, or I think last uh, there was a one game against Liverpool where Jesus was the first one off. Obviously, like again, he he sees these guys in training every single game. He he knows more than I do, but I think that he needs to go with the guys who are are kind of like the hot hand, if you want to call it that. The way Martinelli is playing these last few games. He is the guy in the crunch in the crunch period for Arsenal. He's your best attacking player, in my opinion. So to see him go off with 30 minutes left in the game, for me, is a little disappointing to see. So I I don't know whether it's just keeping him on a little more if he's playing as well, but I know he also wants to bring Trossard in to maybe change stuff up. I would keep Martinelli on the pitch. Yeah, That's I a agree. Dilemma, I, I wonder if Who's it's... Who's going to start? Yeah, go on. No, go on. I was going to say, I wonder if it's due to Martinelli is worse in tight spaces than a player like Saka, but I, I fully agree. I think Martinelli should have gone up front because Jesus had, what, three clear-cut chances and he didn't score them. If that's coming to Martinelli, right now, he's one of the best oh. finishers in the league. So you need him in front of goal. Who, who starts against... I know Jesus will start most likely, but Trossard, I mean, I think we've lost... Not lost every game. We've dropped points in every game since Jesus has come back into the starting lineup. I'm not saying it's his fault, by the way. Defense has been think, poor. I don't think so. I think we beat Palace four-one with him starting. No, he did. Or Leeds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But Trossard started that game as well. So I'm saying, without Trossard starting, we've drawn every game. Yeah. Nah, I miss Trossard, man. He, he's been everything I expected and more. He's been incredible for us. Um, and it's difficult because he's good in big games as well. Yeah, but he is. how do you drop Jesus? Jesus is good in big games too. So how do you drop yeah, him? The he's... thing is, with, with Jesus, as you would have seen in the Southampton game, that was the best and worst of him. Like, he does everything right, but he's not clinical, which is why Pep got rid of him. Pep decided eventually that I need a guy who's going to put the ball in the back of the net frequently. Um, but I also need a guy who can do what he does. Or I need a robot, which is Haaland. Um, yeah. But what you saw in the Southampton game is he missed three absolute sitters. Every striker in the league, I think, scores one of them three. But because, I, I, and he, he said it himself, he, he likes to play on the right-hand side or whatever. Like, there was a little quote going around when he, when he wasn't scoring. He was like, I'll, I'll move to the right-hand side. Um, I personally would play Martinelli through the middle and bench Jesus, um, mainly because I would look back at the Ten Hag game against City uh, and I think Rashford played through the middle towards the last 25 minutes and gave City a horrible time. Um, Martinelli in transition will be like very, very useful. I don't think Jesus gives you that option in transition. Yeah, but yeah, right. you say that against City in transition, the space is out wide, to be fair, because they hold the centre of the pitch compact. So Martinelli true. will be getting around the side. It doesn't really matter. When you say Trossard and Martinelli, it doesn't matter because they rotate constantly anyway. Um so you're basically saying you'd start Trossard instead of Jesus, which I think I get, is a fair I, opinion. I get the logic because we won't get that many chances. We need to take the chance. So we can't miss that chance. Because yeah. even for the confidence of the Jesus as well, like I'm not trying to have him. I think he's a very emotional player anyway. You can see like every time he misses a chance, he takes it emotionally. You know, like, you know, a lot of top strikers, they miss a chance, right? They go again after that. Jesus is a bit like he's a bit too emotional at times. We saw it with Brazil. He went, I think, a long time without scoring as well. So, uh, listen, I could see logic behind Trossard starting over Jesus because there's just that one chance, one goal. 
But can we just before before we move on from Jesus, I think some of the statements that have come out from the last game are ridiculous. We still scored three goals that game, and Jesus has always been a player that raises the level of an attack, whether he's scoring them himself. Mm. We scored three goals last game, two goals the game before, two goals the game before. And well, that's, that's why we're going next. What are we doing with this situation back there? What are we doing with that? People, yeah, yeah, it's a problem. But people are saying, people after that game are saying, this is why Jesus shouldn't be our striker. And it's like, no. he is one of the main reasons why we are in the, this position. He has been such a level raiser, arguably yeah. more than Zinchenko at times. So I, I, think I will say this, though, about Jesus. Last game he played wasn't good. I understand what you're saying. But last game for mm -hmm. me, he reminded me of Lacazette, to be honest with you. Like backing up into striker. Like I didn't think he played a good game, even besides the misses. No, I don't think so either. But also, sometimes even his movement, I think, is hard to quantify. So that game, I don't think he did. Um, but I think, as I say, the problem wasn't scoring three goals. The problem was something else. What was it? I think what our fans is, is they, they want a new strike already. Not because they hate Jesus, because they want that shiny new toy, that striker, yeah, that goal scorer. They want their own Haaland, that poster boy goal scorer they can go to. But Arsenal aren't that team. We are a team that will share the goals. That's why Saka mm. scores 12, 13. My Martinelli scores 15 goals. And City, they have Haaland. I think, who's, who's next after that? De Bruyne? What? I think it's actually oh, No, I think it's Foden. It's Foden. Foden's got nine. He got two hat-tricks, bro. Yeah. So, I, I Arsenal are that team. Jesus has elevated the attack. And as you said, it's not, that's not the problem. Three against Southampton, two against West Ham, two against Liverpool. It's a defence. And it's I not do, rebuilding, by the way. It's not I rebuilding. do understand the need. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to play that clip underneath any Rob Holden slander throughout the pod. <laughs> I do understand the one, the desire also for a different type of striker because we don't have that. We don't have a type of target man that if the game comes to that, we need it. But also at the same time, to me, we've come back so many times this season. So when people are like, oh, at the end of the game, you just need to chuck it into the box. At the end of the game, we've had Nketiah scoring late winners. We've had Martinelli scoring late winners. Nelson. Nelson scoring late winners. This isn't from having a target man and scoring a header. This is from constantly pressuring a team, constantly these rotations, which you don't get with a less mobile striker. So I, I get it. Maybe in Champions League games where away games, for example, against Liverpool, you do need a presence. But to suggest like that when we're chasing a lead, we need a player who can head the ball because we we need to cross. Is I think is ridiculous. Yeah, and Arsenal also have clinical attackers like Saka and Martinelli have well overperformed their xG. Like these guys mm. take their chances. It's not like it's just Jesus and everyone else is missing a chance. We have clinical, clinical attackers. Um, the centre back issue very quickly. Here's my suggestion: play holding at right back, play White at centre back. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> You—they want holding out, but they ain't got another option. <laughs> Just is, chuck him in a less is, dangerous there's position. Talk, there's talk of um, Partey right back and Jorginho defensive mid. Oh no, yeah. man! This gonna happen. I can yeah, see the problem you've got is right. Part of the firing line, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, what, you, what you have to think about is in possession, which the game is. City often also surrendered possession against us last game. They let us have. I think we had the most ball yeah, that any team has had against City in like years. Um, it's not going to be the same at the Etihad, but we'll have half of the wall at least in possession. It's going to be Partey, um, Jorginho, and Zinchenko in midfield, which is fine, no? No, it's not. And I tell you what is, you also can't forget Saliba's importance on the ball. Like the amount of passes he makes, we've not replaced that volume. 
So adding Jorginho into the team helps Arsenal control the game more anyways. Because Rob Holding can't replicate the, what, what Arsenal do from that. And putting White in a central area as well helps Arsenal progress the ball better. I can see logic behind it. And he's done it against Crystal Palace as well. So it's not like Arteta is doing it first time ever. He sees the idea. He's going to try the idea. And I think he will do it against City. Party's got to deal with the City's most dangerous attacker aside from Haaland. Grealish. And most yeah. potent yeah. creator is Grealish. Like, and and so much of their football goes through him. I don't think Party deals with that threat But who's well. the most dangerous attacker? I mean, they have they have many, but yeah, who's the most dangerous? Haaland. And, and who's going to be holding versus Haaland or Ben White and Gabriel versus Haaland? I don't know, man. I don't know. He's eating either way. There's there's one center that you'd want to have over for upholding, with all due respect. Yeah, I don't know, man. What about let oh, me throw physicality in his fate against Erling Haaland? I want to see it, bro. Or we go five at the back, which would be like Tierney. I think it's possible. No, I think he'll go pragmatic. He'll, he'll have, he has to because he respects City that much as well. He's not going to go City and go, right, it'll sort itself out, we'll do our way and we'll get... No, he's going to yeah, play the pragmatic style. Without, without Saliba, we won't win punch for punch, I don't think, especially... No, we don't have it. But you know when you... Um, was it the game of the Emirates where Rodri scored that bookie goal in like the 94th minute? Was that last year? I swear yeah, it was. last season. Uh, you outplayed them that day, and I'm pretty sure your lineup looks pretty different. I think you played a four-two-three-one. Ben, ben White, Gabriel. Yeah, Ben White, Gabriel, Lacazette played up front. Uh, Tommy Asu played up right back. What's the strongest team though? So yeah, the strongest team. The strongest team because we had Tommy Asu and Tierney as well. Yeah. But compare that to now, where you've got like um, Jesus up top. You've got Xhaka playing in the position he should be playing, and not as a six. But there were no weak links. That's the problem. Right yeah, now, yeah. if we play our same system, there's a weak link. All right. I also um, think I also think you have to also let's be honest here, guys. Too, there's a lot of players in this Arsenal team whose individual levels have kind of dropped, regardless of, of Rob Holding or yeah, not. So yeah, yeah. you look at a game like 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 City. I, I love what Gary Neville said, where basically he was saying, if you offer me a game, one one versus two, basically, and you win this game, you win the league. You'd you'd rip your hand off for it. I think yeah. Arsenal players have to go in with that kind of mentality. They will never. I don't want to say never because they they're young. They probably have many chances of winning the Premier League, but a chance like this where effectively you win, you win the league, or you don't, it's up to you at this point. There's only so much tactics can do at that point. You need to raise your level individually to, to go toe-to-toe with these guys against Manchester City because the, 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 this City team, right, this is the reason I think they're going to win it. I don't want them to win it, but I think they will. They've been in this situation so many times that they just know what's expected of them. Pep can give them as many tactical instructions as they want. Kevin De Bruyne, Gundogan, Rodri... Ruben Diaz, John, they've been in this situation so many times. They will be up for it. I'm looking at certain players in this Arsenal team. Partey is one of them. Odegaard is another one of them. Saka and Martinelli, I think I know what I'm going to get from them. They have been the two shining lights for this team. Jesus, I'm looking at him. How can you individually, forget about any tactical adjustment that Arteta can make to aid you. You individually, how will you raise your performance? Because I think if not, Arteta can change the back line as much as he wants. The way some of these Arsenal players are playing, they can play 10 different ways against City. They won't beat them. No, it's, uh, you're right, though. It's the senior players recently that have actually let us down. Yep. Um, Saka and Martinelli have been unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I, I look forward to the prospect of Martinelli playing against City because both of them in big games, to be fair, have always got something to offer. They rise, of course. All right, I was just looking at uh, something to do with Granite Xhaka. I was going to say, since Xhaka's not played, you haven't won, but Xhaka actually played against West Ham and Liverpool, so my Xhaka prop uh, has failed. <laughs> he only did it playing against Southampton. Um, right, anyway, uh, we have stopped doing this, but we're bringing it back, finishing the pod with an icebreaker. I like this one. 
And I, I say I like it, but I did come up with it myself. If United had Harry Kane this season, would they have competed for the league? No. 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 David Hayer. <laughs> I agree, to be honest with you. David Hayer. Oh, oh also, no, the, gap, the gap's too big. Um, I don't think so. There's, there's, a few, there's a few players I look at United's team that I know you'll evolve past that your fans love right now. I don't know if you love Varane, but I think you'll evolve past him. And even, and even Casemiro, I think yeah. you will evolve past. If you want to be that possession team, like City, like Arsenal, I know Casemiro is an amazing ball winner, but you saw it in games, again, even against Brighton. He can't keep the ball at times. And that's where Rodri just keeps it simple. And even in a sense of party, for example, that's why I think Mikel Arteta wants a rise, but probably is a bit, bit more secure on the ball. But yeah, I think there's certain players in the United team that are favourites right now that won't be favourites going into the future. I, I don't disagree with that. I'm not saying it's specifically Casemiro run, but I, I hear you. However, what I will say though, right? I think if United wins their game in hand, they're what nine points behind Arsenal, which I'm not saying like yeah, yeah. The true reflection is United are a team only nine points behind, but they have actually done pretty well to keep the pace with a team that is pretty flawed. Now, if you add Harry Kane, who what? How many games do you think Harry Kane probably wins individually for United that they didn't win this season? They might mathematically be in the conversation a bit like Chelsea was in 13-14. Now, are they going to go the total distance? No, but. Maybe he gets them. Maybe he gets them four, five, six points closer. The Close problem is sure. your game in hand. You're talking about. I'm pretty sure against like Villa, Brighton. You've got some hard games coming up. Yeah, Brighton, of course, of course, of course. Brighton. All right, um, cool, fair enough. Uh, before I let you go, prediction for. Um, I did want to carry on, but I just got a message from the editor saying, "Can I start the edit now?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no more chat because <laughs> I do not want to edit this." Um, I'll let you go. Predictions for Arsenal City because we won't speak to each other until next week or whenever you're next on the pod. Um, Bavs, are you saying what are you actually what are you officially saying? Because you gave four different score lines. Well, I can't have four. <laughs> There's only it's one right, game, bro. Yeah, but I can have more predictions, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go three-one Arsenal. Oh. Listen. I'm just saying it because because I'm just I'm delusional in it. Like, I'm saying it now, so you believe I'm I'm delusional. I know three one Arsenal. James, I've got to be a little bit positive, so I go two all. Two all. <laughs> Four draws in a row. Go on, Ace. I I can't see any result bar a City win. To be honest with you, I don't even look at the 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 recent history between Arsenal and City. I think this is a different team, so I don't even look at that. But I look at City in these do or die crunch games, whether it's been against Liverpool, against United, Chelsea. The last five years since Pep has been there at the Etihad, they almost always come out on top. When it's business time, they almost always come out on top. And I I don't like the the recent trajectory of Arsenal. I think it's down. I think City for the last few weeks have been skyrocketing up. The two meet, and I think I think City beats them, and I think City wins the league. By the way, you, you asked about the recent history of the Etihad. Ar- Arsenal's last scorer at the Etihad was Koscielny. Oh my the, god! Was, it, was that what scores at three one? Right. I think so. Emery's yeah. 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 Before that, I think it was Sanchez two two Walcott Sanchez. The last time you won was what? It was uh, the two nil when Cazorla. Yeah, Cazorla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah, how Cazorla long ago was that? 20, uh, 14, 15. Was it? Yeah, no, I was. I remember was... that yellow kit, that yellow end thing? Yeah, yeah. Blue kit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Did Walcott score that game? Uh, no, Giroud scored. Giroud scored one, and I believe Cazorla scored. Penalty, yeah, because all the penalty before half time, Drew scored second half. Free Even game. that, that was the first time they beat a big six. Yeah. But eight. see what we did in that game. That was the first time I think they said in that game that the players were against Arsene Wenger's tactics and they said we're going to play pragmatic, <laughs> sit wow. back, and then go for it. I'm not saying doing this game, but Mikel, learning it. I think Mikel, yeah. did he play in that game? Did he play in that game? 
Probably. If it's 14-15, he was there. No, 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 my bad. It's Cockerland Cazola. Co- that was Cockerland's first proper like, big, big game. That double pivot was hard, bro. Cockerland Cazola. Cockerland Cazola. Cockerland Cazola is basically Ericsson and Casemiro now. Carbon oh, copy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, anyway. I compare Cockland and Casemiro, you know what I mean? But... <laughs> anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to say I did I proper want Arsenal to win. Like, I actually really want Arsenal to win. But... I'm begging for Arsenal to win. I'm on my knees for Arsenal to win. <laughs> I just... I need it. Um, but no, nah, I just... City at this time of the season just get going, man. They just know how to win these games, bro. Um I'm going to go 3-1 City, but inshallah, early red card for someone at City and an Arsenal pile on the pressure and an Arsenal win. I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, um, that is all for episode 50. Uh, Thank you very much for listening or watching. Uh, Of course, subscribe and follow the pod and make sure you check the guys out as well. And uh, we'll see you same time next week. Uh, I don't actually know if I'm going to be hosting it next week, to be fair, because hosting's exhausting, man. It's been 70 minutes of chatting and my daughter's over there and uh, I've got to go give her some some attention. So, boys, thank you very much. Uh, And I'll see you all next time.